0: Welcome back to the Six Figure Exit, folks. I'm your host, Carson, along with our other host, Gavin, here, and we are excited about this episode. We are talking about the pulse of your business. How are you doing this week, Gavin? Pretty good.
1: It's early on. (laughs) (laughs) It's Monday for us. It's Monday still. Yeah, but I... uh... What are your thoughts on Mondays? Do you like them or dislike them?
0: I love Mondays. It's honestly probably the busiest day of the week. I feel like everyone's fresh out of the weekend, and they're raring and ready to go. So everyone's on top of their stuff on Mondays, except for the government today because it's another holiday, President's Day, which everyone takes that off if you're in the government. So
1: yeah, the roads were it, pretty quiet this morning. Yeah, I mean can't, like. I've can't.
0: i been trying to work on some of our permit stuff, and I, then I realized after I sent, like, three emails, it's all like, bing, bing, the instant replies, you know, like, oh, we are taking a day off for Joe. And... <laughs> Um, other presidents, but Uncle Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe. So, but I I like Mondays. I I feel good, get stuff done. Um, But I never try to schedule anything for Mondays because I know everyone else is like raring and ready to go. So they're on the phones, they're calling you back, they're being responsive. So I don't like to schedule meetings for Mondays because I know if I'm going to get a hold of someone that's hard to get a hold of, Monday's the day to do it. And that's a lot of times with permits and stuff like that. So the government people... As you get towards Friday, I mean, Thursday, Friday, don't even try. <laughs> Monday, They're you're,
1: already checked you're out. good
0: to go. They're checked yeah. out. So, yeah. huh. but how about you? You like Mondays?
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, unless I'm dreading something in that week, but I feel like that's pretty rare. Um, I think it's Mondays are a fresh start. Go get it. Actually, Sunday is the first day of the week. So, first day of the work week, usually, it's Monday.
0: Sunday, 1 a.m. <laughs> Let's go. But so we wanted to talk about the pulse of your business today. Um, Gavin actually came up with this topic idea, and I think it's a really, really good idea. Um, Every business has a pulse. And the question that I propose to you guys listening is, do you know what the pulse of your business is? And I I would say a lot of people don't. I would say most people, especially in the green industry like us with smaller companies just getting started, uh, or even if you've been in it for a while, a lot of people don't know what the pulse of their business is. And I could very honestly say, and I'm not proud of it, I don't know if we have known the pulse of our business that well over the last few years. But yeah. that's something we're working on changing, um, which Gavin's a huge part of. And uh,
1: Yeah, I'm sure our, our listeners probably don't know about...
0: Have we talked about that no. at all? No, It's like... So here's what's going on over here, guys. It's, it's really <laughs> exciting you ever heard the story of the big bang where like there was a big bang and then boom, like the world was created. Yeah. That's like, what's going on here. There's this collision of these two minds, Carson and Gavin, and then boom, explosion, like, life
1: <laughs> just <laughs> as you know it. Yeah. We're not going to create life together. <laughs> okay. Well, not like, that.
0: <laughs> but, um, no, what we're doing is kind of joining forces, teaming up and, uh, Working together this coming season, super excited about it. Gavin's going to be helping me, us, keep on track. something I'm not super great at. Uh, I'm a 100 miles an hour guy thinking way into the future and just stoking the fire and nobody's tending it. And Gavin's going to be a huge critical piece of helping with that.
1: I'm the fire tender. You are the, you're
0: the fire tender. Yeah. No, we, you're, the, uh, you're, the, you're the, you're the, I'm just the, the guy,
1: you know, in yeah, the train
0: shoveling the coal and you're the yeah. guy driving it and pushing the switches. And you're like, hold on now, slow yeah. down.
1: <laughs> Let's <laughs> hit the brakes a little bit. It's, yeah. You're good on uh, the coal. Yeah. But no, we uh, just came together and thought that we could do more together than if we were on our own. And um, I think that we complement each other well, and we're excited to see what uh, we can do together. And, I think it's going to be a lot of great things.
0: I would agree 100%. And a big part of that, like we're saying, is the pulse of the business, which is what you're going to be helping a ton with and already have helped a ton with just helping me get organized. I'm a very sales, and I feel like a lot of people, um, or a handful of people that I've talked to are the same way, where you're very sales driven. You just kind of get the deal signed up and throw it in the business, and you do the deal, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to, At this time of the year, I have a lot of good ideas of how we're going to job cost and we're going to have these different KPIs and everything. And then you get to about May or June and that just thrown into the wind, right? Like never happens. You don't follow through with it because you're just so busy. You're putting out fires that you created yourself because you weren't doing these things. Um, So that's what I'm most excited for. That is just helping understand that pulse. But I guess, Gavin, what would you say one of the key things for understanding the pulse of a business um, would be, what would be one of the first things somebody could implement or change just to start reading the pulse of their business?
1: I think what would be most beneficial if you have employees, especially, um, I mean, this is kind of more tailored to that, but I think that having a good understanding of where your people are at, where your people, people are at and how they do in their job and how they like their positions and how, you know, how can we, as a company, help them improve in their position or into a different position if they want to move up? Um, I think that is one great strategy to... Because, you know, as an owner, if you have employees and say you have 10 or 20 or more, you're not going to be able to talk to every single person every day and have a good understanding of where they're at in the business. So um, I would say having employee reviews monthly or quarterly or something like that would help um, give you just a good idea of where your business is at just by talking to your people and understanding if things are going well in their positions or if they're not, and adjust.
0: Well, and that's, I think that is huge and that is so critical and that's something I've I've realized over the years and if we have any employees or ex-employees listening to this, they can probably attest that that's something I was never that good at, quite frankly, and it's something I realized and I've seen, you know, just from your Instagram stories and things like that over the years, your Flame and Fridays and these different things that you did at your company, um, you could tell, like, there's just a much better sense of caring, to be honest, from you than me, from what I <laughs> things I've implemented. Uh, and that's something I definitely admire about you and just, like, your willingness to put in the extra effort to do those things. My mindset was always I need to be outselling something or doing something like that. Um, which you know drove a lot of sales to our company, but I don't think it uh, retained people. We weren't able to retain people that well because I don't feel like we had the greatest of cultures. Um, we're working on that a lot. And there's actually, well, I know there's people that listen to us that used to work for us. My guys actually messaged me, so I'm sure he could probably attest to this. But we haven't, there was a lot of times we would structure uh, or when we'd hire people, we'd you know, structure a review to be done in a couple of weeks or you know these quarterly reviews or monthly or however we'd end up doing it or talking about it to try to you know, get them to where they want to go. But there was never a formal process for it. And like I said before, once you get into it, you kind of, or into the season, you know, for us here, when, it, when we were in a seasonal, we don't work year-round um, installing anyways. So that would just kind of get thrown to the wind. And um, it wasn't good. I can tell you from experience that there's a lot of turnover that way. And I don't think there has to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, in the past, you've just been like, throwing wood on the fire with sales and, you know, driving numbers up. But I think, I think in order to build a sustainable, successful, large business, um, you're not going to do it alone. So you need to have the right people on your team and you need to show them that you care. And you need to, honestly, you need to take care of them before you take care of yourself.
0: Guys, if you're listening, one of the things I want to stress is that Gavin and I, definitely don't have the end-all be-all answers to everything. Yeah, We call this the six-figure exit because we are on this journey and we're documenting the journey together to show you what we're going to do, what we have done, what has and has not worked for us, and just share our journey along the way. So these are the things that we're going to be implementing this year. Um, and I think a big one to go along with you know, just keeping a pulse on your culture and your people and understanding where they want to go um, from kind of a financial standpoint, it's just job costing jobs. This Huge. is one of the things that we've talked about doing. But again, a, tri- a big part of it was you got to have either good project managers or foremen that can track all the expenses, enter your receipts and your CRM or whatever you're using um, to be able to do that. And it's just something that, again, once you get into the season, it just, it's always kind of get thrown to the wind for us. Yeah. So. Well,
1: even for me as an owner operator in the field a lot too, you know i still was you know seeing a lot of the numbers for each project but then i'd be so busy doing other stuff too that i just it'd be so difficult to do job costing as well like it's just one of those things that can be impactful and it, it should be but i guess what part of it is just like me being an owner operator and being on the job site i see a lot and then i hopefully trust my estimates an and idea. proposals and yeah i have a good you know a good gauge on where things are at so i guess that um, I'm sure a lot of guys are kind of in the same boat, but I think it it's one of those things that I think would ultimately change perspective or change things in your business before something bad happens or you lose money where, you know, you shouldn't be losing money or there's a hole in the boat that you can patch up.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think to speak to what you're saying, especially if you're an owner operator like that, it's not as difficult because you're usually the guy doing the estimate. You're usually involved with the field work a little bit. Um, project management. So you've got a good, you know, finger on the pulse of what's going on, and you kind of know what's going on. Um, I know Max with the pool company, he does a lot of, he does all the estimates, and then he also job costs everything, but it's literally, you don't need anything fancy to do this. He just sits down with a pen and paper and kind of runs through all the expenses, the invoices for projects. Now, those are a little simpler, because there's a lot less moving parts to an extent, um, or it's the same five things every single time with the pools, whereas uh, landscaping design bill, I mean, you've got you know a lot of items yeah, and tons of three and different and vendors bringing materials yeah, right. and you've got you know your labor and all this other stuff that's so it's a little bit of a different animal however it doesn't need to be anything fancy to be able to do this you just got to sit down you write it out pen and paper old school and figure out what your job costs are otherwise
1: are there's software that have yeah. all this built into them that go along with your your proposals that make your life a lot easier to do this
0: and that's what you guys have used LMN yep we've used Jobber Both have a job costing component of it. We are switching over to LMN.
1: I sold them, guys. I got them. Gavin. Gavin. I think LMN needs to send me a check because I've said a lot of great things about them.
0: Actually, I think you can do a referral code or something like that and you get a discount or something.
1: Once this podcast gets big enough, maybe they'll start looking at us.
0: Albin 10 (laughs) to receive 10% off or something. (laughs) But... I think that's going to be huge for us because one of the things that... Um,
1: you got to have money to operate.
0: Yeah, you got to obviously <laughs> you gotta have money to operate. Otherwise, the company's dead. Yeah. But the other part of it is the labor that goes into projects can be such a variable depending on the project. And when you're doing design, build, landscaping, there's so many custom elements to what you're doing that no two projects are the same ever. So you need to be able to understand where you're making money, where you're not making as much money or... And the reasons why, and if your job costing accurately, you can kind of figure out, you know, what are, oh, well, we should have bid this retaining wall for more because it was way behind the house. It was tricky access and having tricky access like this cost us another 25% labor that we didn't anticipate. So then you can plan for that in the next projects. And if you guys want to grow a big company or scale beyond being an owner operator in the field all the time, the biggest thing that I've learned is you need to be able to, um, and I've learned this through mistakes. And not doing it right, and watching what happens. But you need to have the data and the information, and enough of it. And you need to be able to organize it in a way where you can teach somebody else how to do something and not what, make the same
1: mistakes. Yeah, not make the same <laughs> mistakes.
0: Because if you just keep adding three, four more project manager, salespeople, but they're all making those same mistakes, yeah. then what's the point? You're losing money, or it's it's you're not it's, as profitable yeah, it's as more you
1: can chaotic and more costly. Well, when the, you start throwing more people in there, that and it's just like a snowball effect of Unorganized mess that costs more money because nobody knows what they're doing and can't fix a problem because there's no structure or systems in place to measure numbers of projects or stuff like that. So, well,
0: and the big problem with it is when you're an owner operator, it's a little easier to absorb mistakes and jobs because you're a lot of pieces of it, right? You're the salesperson, you're the project manager, you're sometimes the guy in the field too. And, okay, well, I made a mistake. I'm personally just not making as much money on this job. But when you're paying a salesperson, say 10% commission, you're paying a project manager $35 an hour. You're paying a designer X amount of dollars per design. Well, now when you make a mistake, you still have to pay those bills that you were just encumbering yourself. It was your own time in the past. But as you grow, you need to have other people that do this. And so you still need to pay those bills and you need to pay those people. But now you just didn't make as much money on this job. So as you add these people and these overhead expenses, you need to have your numbers dialed in. Otherwise, everything's gonna go sideways. And this is something we experienced in 2022. Um, not that it was you know, detrimental to the business, but we realized going from 21 to 22, we went from 1.6 million in sales to 2.8 million in sales. But honestly, our bottom line of the company was pretty much the same because we added a ton of overhead expense and we weren't being as efficient as we should have been on jobs. And we didn't realize some of our errors um, Not so much errors, but just inefficiencies in labor and the way we were estimating some projects. So, and and more so with training of the guys and things like that. But just having inefficiencies when it comes to stuff like that.
1: Yeah. What do you think? uh, Was it just the uh, initial appeal to grow and grow and grow as fast as you could, or or why we did that? Or just like yeah, why did why did that? Well, I think the biggest thing was
0: we didn't realize that. We were, I was, and exactly like I just said, I was paid a salary. I paid myself $48,000 a year at that point. It was $4,000 a month. Colton and I both did. We're owners of the company, paid ourselves $4,000 a month. And what was happening in 2021 and even going into 2022, I was just working 80 hours a week. In 2021, I was doing pretty much all the roles of project management, sales, uh, estimating,
1: Jump in an excavator once I, in a while. Yeah, jump in
0: an excavator once in a while, help out, you know, do the stuff, deliver materials, deliver um equipment on the weekends, get job sites ready, wash trucks. Like I was doing, you know, a lot of different things. 2022, we added a lot of payroll. We added um an operations manager, which cost us sixty thousand dollars a year. We added a an office admin, which cost another thirty, 000, forty thousand dollars a year. And the problem became is when these we started adding these people. And I was still working all those hours but we were adding these people and it was so inefficient before it just became more inefficient because we just added more people who didn't necessarily know how to do anything um that well because it was a lack of me training them on how to do it and the lack of me having a process and procedure in place it was just kind of like you know the blocks here and it at the manufacturer and it needs to get put in the ground it needs to look like this figured out there was no you know how do you where do we get the block what do we do with this i mean to an extent right i'm over exaggerating a little bit But all these little details that were missed or they had to figure out on their own, it was like, I mean, it was them figuring it out on their own and they are going to make mistakes along the way because I didn't explain the process that's up in my head to them well enough.
1: And that's really frustrating for those employees because they don't have the direction and and that's part of the retention problem. And, you know, it just kind of leads to chaos and uh, frustration. So then people just don't want to stick around or they get ideas to try somewhere else. And, um, so that's why I think a big thing of you know making sure that your people are you know well trained first of all, and then making sure that you're checking in, making and and ensuring that they are in the right seat in the, within the company.
0: And that's what I think a lot of that was just being. Uh, I mean, I would set these either expectations in place by telling somebody something, or I'd show up to a job site you know the first day and then check in a few times a week on site with the guys and explain something to them. In person you know just like either walk the site and talking to them just like we're talking now but I would never document it and that was one of the biggest things that we're working on changing going into this year is documenting what the expectation of your role in the company but also each job's scope of work so to speak being documented in different procedures within that job because at the end of the day realistically I mean I forget stuff all the time right and for me to expect our guys to be able to just remember what I tell them when I show up at seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, whatever, walk through the job site, list off forty-seven different things that need to get done and how to do them, and for them to just have the ex- for me to have the expectation that they're going to remember that is just unrealistic. And, and Why you, I thought that, I don't know, but
1: and you're already in a, a headspace of like morning chaos like yeah you're already it, morning my days got you know you gotta i'm get running late real for real... my 10 o'clock meeting yeah. on the
0: other side of town yeah, i gotta quick rattle these things off and get out of here it's seven
1: thirty, but you're you're already late for your 10 o'clock meeting <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's... yeah <laughs> just the yeah. thought of like all this stuff that needs to get done so then you're just in like almost like a chaos panic mode of trying to tell people what to do and and sometimes things get messed and um so that like you're saying i think it's important to have those procedures in place of like order of operations for a project and Kind of a, just a general, you know, overview of how the operations of the project are going to go and this is how you do things. And um, this specific role within the company is going to do this job within this project, I think, is really crucial.
0: And that's what we're working on now is getting the role for each person in the company. Like we're going through people that are already here, not even new hires, in reassessing their roles and what they're doing currently and their responsibilities, documenting it, almost having like a new hire letter, offer letter, and just like, here's your role, you know, here's your employee contract, we're updating it, this is what you need to do. And then each job, what we're gonna get better at this year is one, having more detailed plans. Um, because before, like I said in the past, I just thought I could do everything. I was doing our designs too, so it was kind of hit or miss sometimes, to be honest with you, because I'm throwing these together as quick as I can at eight o'clock at night to midnight trying to get these designs done cause it just, that's the time of day when you could do it cause you didn't need to have other people around, right? Um, now we've got a designer that's doing them or a couple different designers and they're doing a really good job and just being more detailed and thorough with everything. And they're turning out a lot better too. So that's been huge, but then going with that is a written out scope of work for the project that we've got our quote, but then also kind of a scope of work and order of operations, a material order sheet that has every vendor for every material or if it's not if it's in our own yard we've got you know which yard is it in? is it in hugo is it in new richmond is it in Stillwater? this is where you can get this material from and that way once we hand that to a project manager a foreman whoever it's going to be they know where all the materials at they know what the you know the bid for the project consisted of and the scope of work that the client saw and their ex- the client's expectation for the project and then they've got the 2d blueprint for the project that's scaled out laid out on site along with 3D renderings to see what the project will look like when they're done. And when you have all those different pieces in place, it becomes a lot harder. I feel like it's going to be a lot harder for them to go wrong.
1: Yeah. There'll still be mistakes. There, yeah, there still, always will. Uh, continual progression within those systems to get better and better and better, I think, always. Yeah. I don't I, think there's ever a set in stone, like, this is it. <laughs> yeah, you you always have to
0: be improving, and things yeah. are gonna change. And with new technology, there's gonna be different ways that you can do stuff, and better ways to do it. Um, I don't know if you've seen. I'm getting a little sidetracked, but I don't know if you've seen these. Uh, they're like they're like Roombas, but they're printers, and it's more for construction, like on oh. homes and things. They'll drive around. So once you get the um, like they, your
1: I've plywood. seen like poor foundations like that. Yeah, what what,
0: well, they've got, like, it's like a Roomba. So, like, once you get your floor joist in and then you get your plywood on it, the Roomba drives around and it prints out the wall layout on the ground perfectly to scale. So when the framers come in,
1: they, they just put it right, up,
0: right where it's printed on the ground, put it up, and they know exactly what to do. It's all perfectly laid out with the computer, and it's done. Wow. Which I thought was pretty cool.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: So I think that's huge. But, I mean, someday there's going to be that for land What landing, are they, right?
1: is it, like, painted or...
0: Yeah, it's just yeah. like paint, or it's like a printer. It's like yeah. an inkjet printer, and it just prints it right on the plywood, and then lays out all your interior walls and everything. That's so, so sweet. Yeah, I thought it was I saw that the other day. It's like it new makes stuff.
1: Such but. a difference in the framing world, well, as far as like for the oh yeah. framers to come and just get to work and not worry about looking at plans or it just yeah, you just know what to do right away. up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it'd make life way easier but i think so i mean there's obviously going to be technology and stuff that changes over the years that's going to be able to make you more efficient but what um for the financial side of it i guess job costing going back to that what do you think the best way to do that is i mean pen and paper using a crm should somebody if they're not using a crm that has uh, a job costing component of it you think that's worth investing into or what size of a company does it make sense to spend the money on that
1: um, I think like if you're if you're doing like I would say if you're doing over two hundred grand a year in revenue, you should be looking at spending some decent amount of money each month on a nice CRM. If you're thinking long term, um, put the money and the effort to build out that CRM to be working for your business uh, because it's one it's another tool in your your tool belt that's going to help you stay efficient um, stay more professional and have a better, you know, gauge of the pulse of the business because, you know, um, you can like some, like LMN, you can, for instance, you can build out a budget for the year that you can make sure that you recover, you know, all your overhead and, um, hit your profit numbers. And, um, another thing about LMN that's great is like, you can job costs on it, but you, kind of goes off of like your proposals that you built out so then it's just so much easier and I always look at things in a time instance like how can I speed things up or make life easier uh, how is this gonna save me time um, so when I think about you know four or five hundred bucks a month even you know just doing a couple of proposals that pays for itself just for how much time it saves me because then I have this whole catalog of all the labor and all the costs of my business and all of the materials that we use for the project and all the subs and trucking and and whatnot um, it is easily recoverable because i can go in create a proposal you know even for a six-figure project in a matter of minutes i mean it's just amazing how much time you can save and how much i think more i think you just you're going to recover the costs of your business way better having that system in place because you're not missing anything
0: and not that we're trying to sell you on element or anything but i agree with gavin a hundred percent when you think about it i mean from experience done the 80 90 hour a week some weeks and it's not something you can sustain but if you have tools like this it's going to cut down on your time and one of the things i would seriously um encourage you guys to think about if you're an owner operator of a company and you want to grow your company and scale your company no matter what it is consider paying yourself hourly and I know I've said this like five times here Gavin right but this year I've changed my pay structure to hourly or last year was changed to hourly but then I paid I just started charging basically a lot for my time and I've started to realize more so that why am I doing these menial tasks, so to speak, right? Or it's just simple tasks that it's easy to outsource to somebody else for much cheaper than what I would cost the company. That's not in the best interest of the company. And then it kind of forces you to realize like oh shit, like I need to hire somebody else to do this. Yeah. Like I don't need to be I could one- be saving
1: money here. Yeah, I could be sa- when you look <laughs> making more money, you know, yeah. Yeah, if you know I mean? put
0: your business, you know, looking at what the company's best interest is, not your personal best interest, but the company's best interest, you realize pretty quick that you need to build a team of people that are, one, better than you in certain areas, not people that can wear every hat in the company, but somebody that's really good at bookkeeping and that's all they do, right? And they're going to be more affordable than if you sat there and spent an entire day to do bookkeeping and instead you pay them 150 bucks an hour and they're done in an hour and a half, right? That's going to save you time and save you money in the long run. And then same when it comes to, you know, either designing or even sales or whatever, right? Whatever you're not good at or it's not your expertise, hire other people. Like we've, for the history of our company, have always done the marketing ourselves. I've done all of the marketing for the company and the Google ads and everything else. This is the first year we just hired someone to redo the website and to take on doing all the marketing. And to be honest, I don't know why we didn't sooner. It's not that expensive to do in the realm of things. And just having a phone call with the company we're using um, for the marketing... Honestly, in the like 10 minute introductory call, there's more information that I learned from talking to them about different things you need to do with Google ads to optimize it and make sure you're actually reaching the right people that I literally was a little disappointed in myself thinking like, you dumbass, you've wasted hundreds of thousands of dollars over the last five years. And you probably could have been in a lot better spot if you just hired someone else from the
1: start. Yeah, so you learned, ten, you learned more in the first 10 minutes than you learned in four years. Of doing, it, on I'm your doing <laughs> it yourself because yeah. I'm not a marketer. I mean, yeah.
0: I can do mar- like I right. understand the basics of marketing and reaching people. I feel like I'm good at that. But when it comes down to running Google ads and oh, you should have like a landing page that's specific to landscaping. And if you really want to get niche like a Stillwater, Minnesota landing page, a Woodbury, Minnesota landing page and have all these different pages that are specific for that market and that service that you provide. And that's what the Google ad goes to. So when someone types in paver patios and still water, it goes to a specific page, you know, that is just for that service or whatever, or, you know, to an extent a little more niche than what our website is now. And then you set it up for conversions, just all this different stuff. And I was like, man, that like, as he was saying, and I'm like, yep, this makes a lot of sense. Not sure why we never did it.
1: Yeah. It's amazing how more effective and productive someone that's, you know, specialized in a certain area, um, in a business can be opposed to you trying to wear all the hats and do every single thing because it's just chaos and unproductive.
0: Well, I think as you try to scale the business, the big unlock that this is going to create is now instead of me being up until midnight trying to figure out a design and Google ads and then running around with like a chicken with my head cut off all day because I'm trying to meet with clients and do project management and pick up materials or deliver the skid loader on the weekend or all this stuff. Not that I've done that in a while, but um, unless it was to my own house, you know, side job. Um, (laughs) What it, what it does is it allows you to kind of step back, take a breath. And this is what I'm realizing. And I can kind of observe the company now, instead of being in it in the rat race every day, I can kind of observe the moving components and look and when you stand back and look at it, almost like third person perspective, you can go, "Hold on, like this isn't working right over here. This looks like it could be a problem." And you can potentially catch that problem because you got your finger on the pulse or whatever. The is that the yeah. saying? Am I saying that right?
1: Yeah. And another thing is like it's almost like you're you're playing. Uh, it's like a game. You know, yeah. It's, you're 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 operating the game. Yeah, <laughs> you're just you're moving the pieces. You have kind of the overview of like the entire playing field. You know. Um, And it's just like perspective change. And when you're kind of... It's
0: a complete perspective. You know, bird's
1: eye view of the business opposed to like in the weeds.
0: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but that's what I'm looking forward to most this year is because that's the part that I enjoy. Kind of the strategic thinking of, okay, what's going to best, you know, help the business? What's the next team player we need to add or either market we need to get into or push into or, you know, what's going to help improve the business instead of I got to go meet with Sue today who has weeds growing in her garden or something. You know what I mean? Like got the salesperson there to go do that. And not that that's the stuff we're doing, but you get what I'm saying. But I think that's what I'm most excited for. Cause that's the stuff that where you can see the real progress. Like we talked about in our other podcasts, you've got productivity or whatever, and then progress. And this is where you see the true progress in the company. You can be busy and productive all day, but the company, the company itself makes no true progress to move forward and to grow. It's just getting the jobs done and it's staying where it's at, getting jobs done and just churning through them, which is good too. But if you want to grow a large company, you need to be making progress every day. And you can't do that without your finger on the pulse.
1: Yeah, you got to have a, like Carson was saying, every business, every every person uh, has a pulse, <laughs> quite literally. Quite literally. Um, but no, everything has a pace to it. it. And I think it's important to know if you want to be successful in business that the pulse of your business. I don't think it needs to be necessarily like aggressive necessarily. I think it should be aggressive in some times, um, but I think it's more important to be, you know, have a nice steady heartbeat, you know, have that, have that pulse just kind of consistent. And um, I think it can be, you know, beaten quick in times, um, but it's also important that you don't get, you know your heartbeat doesn't get too crazy and you start doing but, things that are dangerous and um,
0: I would challenge you on that to say if you can have both of those which is what makes me really excited for you and I Gavin is because I feel like you're a little bit more of that like controlled and like cool yeah. calm collected and I'm just like you know shoveling the coal right yeah. but if you can have both of those you've got one person just really pushing and shoveling the coals and you've got one person you know putting the damper on a little bit and opening the valves and redirecting the steam and this and that I mean Imagine Carson, what Carson's you can red do.
1: line and then I'm throwing water on the engine to cool her down. That's
0: well, you you're just directing the steam to the right, you know, motors and things yeah. and right. So I mean if you've got those two attributes or two different people that complement each other, I think you can be unstoppable. Because I do yeah. think you need to be there needs to be someone in a company that's aggressive and hungry and just like constantly chasing after it and going out For and sure. you know, killing killing the prey every single day. And they need to have that just go get it mentality, um, which I feel like I have and Otherwise, you, you know, you're never going to grow, but you also can't just have that and have this whole stockpile of food back at the camp that the, you know, the guy went out and killed all day and it's just sitting there rotting. I mean, that doesn't do you any good either. So
1: right. yeah,
0: I think you got to have, you got to have someone to cook it. We're <laughs> going back to primal, <laughs> primal terms here. All kinds of analogies. Yeah, we got great that. analogies <laughs> here. I just, I'm, yeah, I am actually for hire to create analogies, but no, I th- I just think that's I mean I think that's a great combo and it, that excites yeah. me a lot. So yeah, for sure, I'm yeah. super excited about this year.
1: But I think what's also important too that I thought of is like, yes, we both complement each other well. Like you're you know more aggressive, where I'm like, you know I'm not I'm not like really passive. Like oh man, we shouldn't be doing this. Like that's not. Oh yeah, serious. that's but not. I, that's not what yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just but, saying. But like through that, you know, through this partnership, and like I think it's important that we or not just us, but like any partnership, you need to have the same vision and like yes. idea behind what you're doing because you can sometimes have those partnerships where, you know, there's that aggressive person, but then, you know, there's that less aggressive person and they just do not have the same idea of where the company's going or what they should be spending the money on. And that's when you can run into trouble with partnerships. And then, then the pulse of the business is out of whack.
0: Yeah. That's when you have AFib, when you got an irregular heartbeat, right? And you guys <laughs> skipping a beat. <laughs> I'm just going with these analogies. No, but that's huge because then you got one person that, you know, really is throwing water on the fire while the other person's trying to build the fire. And then the dude building the fire is like, what the fuck are you doing, yeah. dude? Like, come on. And the other guy's like, it's hot in here to Just put this thing out, right? No. So I think it's important to have a vision and goals that everyone agrees upon, um, and then work towards that. Yeah.
1: And I don't think you should ever be in a partnership with somebody that has the same skill set as you, either.
0: I think, yeah, I, I think that's huge. Otherwise, you're a, just lot gonna people, bite heads, a lot of people bad heads. Because a lot of like, people don't realize that.
1: Yeah, because you're going to want to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Could, well, I,
0: I imagine if the last few years I had someone else that was just like me, that was we're both just throwing stuff at the fire and wondering, you know, why.
1: Yeah, th- you'd be you'd be in jail. Yeah, <laughs>
0: in jail. Yeah, <laughs> haven't done taxes in four years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that would that would very legitimately be the case. But so well I think uh, I think we kind of touched on the main points we were talking about or wanted to touch on, Gavin. What do you think to finish this up, is there an order that you think is most important here to have your finger on the pulse? I mean we've got we've got the culture, we've got the financials you know, kind of the, the direction costing. of the, yeah, job costing and the direction of the business. I mean, is there one that should take priority or if, you know, someone is listening to this and they're like, I don't have any of these really figured out. Where should they start? Do you think?
1: That's a great question. Um, All of them. That's another like sidetrack here, but I I would urge people to like, write down what you need to get done, prioritize it and like, just tackle one thing at a time and don't get distracted with yeah. the large list that you made. Little wins, little win. Yeah, I think that's way better for the growth of your business. Because um, I've made the mistake of trying to do too much.
0: Just to touch on that, I have a Google Doc that I just update every single day. It's just a checklist. It's got each different company or, like, thing I'm involved with with a checklist on it. And it's just, yep, I just knock them out. And as I think of things, I add them on there. Like, I'll be laying in bed at night thinking of stuff as I'm going to sleep. And I'll just, like, reach over, grab my phone, pull up Google Drive, add it to the list of something I got to do tomorrow. Or I'll text my work phone or something so I have a reminder. Um, But that is huge. Yeah. Yeah, That is very
1: big. Um, But to answer your question, I think that... I think the, I think the people, it always comes back to the people for me. I think the people and the structure of that, of like people knowing their roles, knowing their, you know, what their tasks are. And I think that's really what's going to set your business up for success. Cause if you have the right people and they're in the right seats that, um, can help you with like the financials and help you with, um, management, like those kind of not necessarily take care of themselves, but those people, if they're the right people, will implement things that serve the business. So I think if it were me, I would focus a lot on, you know, investing into the people that you have or finding the people, you know, like we talked a lot about how you can't do it all. And it's important to, you know, find people that can do something for, you know, cheaper than what you think you should be charging, you know, um, so that the business can ultimately generate more. And then it's just doing better work because you have a niche person in that role. Um, so if if I were to give a word of advice, it would be to, to focus on the team.
0: And I think that's, I would agree, that's the biggest thing. I think if you're kind of solopreneur right now on your own, you're trying to grow and add people, get your job costing procedures in place, get your financials dialed in, get all of that stuff figured out before you start adding yeah, people in. Sure. So you have the structure in place. And then start adding the people, and just really cultivate the people, train them, make sure they know what they're doing. They're you're holding them accountable, and the expectation is clear from the start. Um, and then just build a good place to work. People spend majority of their lives at work. Once you add up all the time, and uh, they're awake lives, you know, not including yeah. sleeping, is at work. And
1: that has always interested me.
0: If they don't want to be there, they're gonna. I mean. They're gonna be miserable at home. It's gonna affect everything in their yeah. life. But,
1: but yeah, I just feel like life is full of a lot of other more beautiful things than trying to make money. Sometimes,
0: well, don't look at. I don't even look at it as making money. I look at it as building. Well, cool I mean, shit.
1: it's uh, like I enjoy what I do, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. There's a lot of beautiful things around us that you know it'd be nice to enjoy instead of. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, would doing doing the worst. I would agree with
0: but. that, but do your best then as a business owner as a company to make what you're doing every single day one of those beautiful things. You're yeah, right. a I good mean, you're, team of people, sure. you enjoy being around, the camaraderie is good, you feel good when you go home. You've built something, you've accomplished something. I mean, I males especially, but humans in general need to feel a sense of accomplishment like they got something done. And that's something the blue collar industry can provide like no other industry because you've seen the fruits of your labor at the end of the day, what you built. And when you get done with a, like, there is no better feeling than closing out a landscaping project and seeing what that yard got turned into like that. I swear to God, like adrenaline rush for me. I don't know yeah. as strange as that sounds, but I just but, love that. Feeling.
1: Especially how like chaotic and, messy it looks halfway through the project. <laughs> it's like yeah and the homeowner's like are you sure there's <laughs> gravel everywhere and <laughs> yeah. there's you know pallets everywhere and then you you leave and it's like a nice lush lawn and nice paper patio planting sprinklers are running. And, yeah. and it's just beautiful and it's like you know it's like right at that sunset where that's like you see the sunset through the sprinklers and yeah like wow that's just one of those I <laughs> dude i've
0: sat there picturesque many hours doing just watching after a job and looking and just admiring. So that's huge. But thanks guys for listening. Hope this podcast brought you some value. We uh, really appreciate all of your support.
1: Maybe share it. Uh, Yeah. You know, somebody uh, you care and love say, Hey, go listen to these guys. They had something good to say this week.
0: Every week we got something good to say.
1: That's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) true. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate it. Share the show, and we'll see you next week on The Six Figure Exit. Peace.